0: In this week's episode, I am chatting with Jen Murtaugh and Sonia Bacogli foley founders of the new startup, Matern. Matern is all about the maternity leave journey from when you first know you're expecting to when you return to work and beyond. And it is such important work that they are doing. I am so excited to bring this to you. They are lovely, inspiring powerful women that are having such an impact in our society and for years to come. I know they are going to do such exciting things. I know you're going to love this episode. Here we go. Welcome to the Around the Campfire podcast. They say it takes a village to raise a child, but I believe it also takes a village to raise a mom. I'm your host, Jillian Benke, the founder of Mom Camp. And each episode, I chat with busy moms who are doing awesome things in life and work. Join us for real conversation and community because this is your village. This is the Around the Campfire Podcast. Hello, ladies, and welcome to the Around the Campfire Podcast.
1: Hi, Jillian
0: morning (laughs) it's so nice to see you both it's so fun to have two guests uh, but it's sort of outside my uh, my regular wheelhouse so I'm I'm going to figure this out as we go I'm excited to have a great conversation with both of you Uh, so can you please start you know take turns introducing yourself who your mom's to all of the things
1: Jen go ahead
2: Okay. Uh, Well, my name is Jen Murtaugh and uh, I am a mom of two of my own. And then I also have two stepchildren and our ages range from nine to 17 in our household, which I always joke around. It always makes it hard to find a movie everyone wants to watch on a Friday night. (laughs) True, true. And uh, I'm the co-founder of Matern with Sonia and really spent, you know, the last 20 years in my career uh, in a multitude of organizations, uh, primarily nonprofit and uh, corporate, some C suite and CEO roles. Uh, and two years ago, decided to really start um, my own business. Uh, and I was, you know, I was kind of on that hamster wheel doing like the 70 hour mm-hmm. work weeks. And I thought I really uh, had this vision of what I wanted my life to look like and uh, started working in consulting and moved into coaching. And it's really all evolved from there. So it's a
0: little bit more about me. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Over to you, Sonia.
1: Awesome. Yeah. So I'm Sonia B. Cogley Foley. I am a mom of two I've got a daughter and a son um, and both under five so it's a very busy season of my life and I spent the last 15 years in not-for-profit corporate and um, most recently in the public sector and I was actually on my second maternity leave when Jen reached out to me about a year ago uh, with the idea of uh, a maternity leave uh, program. And, you know, we'll get into it a little bit later, but, you know, bit by bit, um, you know, nap times were busy for me and we just started doing the work, started doing the research and Um, needless to say, here we are a year later. And, um, you know, we've had some exciting news over the last couple of weeks with Matern that Mm -hmm. um, we're very proud of. And so, so yeah, yeah, I am also the co-founder of Matern and um, also a bit of a um, DEI consultant on the side as well. Oh, okay.
0: Okay. I was going to say, did
1: you go back to work from your maternity? I did not. Okay. No, no. I, uh, I, I ended up taking the the leap of faith and um going all in with Matern to really make this my focus. I really believe that sometimes you just you have to walk away from something mm-hmm. to really be able to give your energy your full energy to something else and, and really give it that chance and opportunity to for it to blossom and grow. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you have one foot in somewhere like in two different places, and we all know we don't have just two different things, that's just right. one side of our lives, right? So yeah, it was a, it was a nerve wracking decision to leave my very stable, permanent, uh, job. Uh, but it was, you know, sometimes when there's a calling in life, Mm -hmm. something comes knocking, you have to answer it. And I, I knew this was like exactly what I was supposed to be doing at this moment in time. So
0: Amazing. Oh, so good. And so exciting as well to be able to take that leap. That's, that's awesome. Okay. So we've talked about Matern a little bit, tiny little window into maybe what this thing is that you have created. So can you please tell me what is Matern? Yeah, so Maternity Canada's first
2: comprehensive maternity leave program for self-identifying women who are transitioning to and from maternity leave. So our primary focus is on mothers, specifically due to uh, the disproportionate uh, effects that, you know, women face as mothers in the workplace, like, uh, the pervasiveness of the motherhood penalty. It is mm. mothers who suffer from having children. You know, there isn't a fatherhood penalty. In fact, there's a fatherhood bonus where um, you see men's earnings increase as a result of becoming a parent. Oh, interesting. As, yeah, mothers uh, decrease. And that's mm-hmm. really that. Uh, that impact of that pause that you take on your career really does have an impact on your identity uh, and on your career trajectory. And Sai and I both having transitioned through two of our own maternity leaves really saw this as a way, one, to support women in a more deep and meaningful way through these transitions and not just on the return to work, mm-hmm. even the transition from when you know you're expecting a baby, whether you're a birthing mother or a non birthing mother, um, through kind of going on maternity leave while you're on leave, and then that return back, uh, we really wanted to support women uh, and build community. And the second part is that you know this is a this is an important um, part of the gender equity conversation that we mm-hmm. really haven't been having. You know there is so much research that shows that. Uh, You know, maternity leave and the year surrounding it represent the largest single point in which women off ramp from organizations. And that's not necessarily because women choose to want to stay home full time. Uh, We think that's incredibly important as well. But Uh, women are doing that for a variety of reasons Uh, that doesn't always include wanting to be home full-time with their children. Mm -hmm. And so we believe that if women had better support during this time, if we could normalize some of those experiences, we would have more women returning to the workforce and staying in the workforce. And we need women leaders in the workforce uh, if we're going to make significant change. So uh, yeah, that's a little bit more about it.
0: Thank you. Okay. So is the, I mean, it's it's just launched in the last, what, six weeks, really? So, um, at the time of this recording. And so, is the idea that it will become a publicly available, like, when you go to sign up for, like, to say, I'm going to take my leave now, the government helps you know about it? Or is it going to be through your company? Or is it just going to be widespread knowledge that you can sign up as an individual, not through your company? Like, what does that look like?
1: I mean, we would love for (laughs) the government to take this on and to provide it to all mothers. Um, However, we're not there yet. Right, Um, right. Six weeks. We're fine. We're fine. (laughs) Um, We're just a startup at this point, but uh, that would be an amazing um, thing to achieve. But no, so at this point, if you're an, an individual, you can sign up. Um, we are where Jen and I are spending a lot of our energy or is speaking to organizations. Mm-hmm. So we've spoken to about over 30 organizations so far. So progressive organizations that have, you know, a proven track record in supporting women in the workplace, um, who have, you know, equity, diversity and inclusion at the forefront. And, um, you know, we believe that the onus shouldn't really, it should be on so like organizations, they have a really big opportunity to play here. And the larger impact, like we can have a larger impact through the organizational route. Um, So it is open to anyone to join. Um, It's not a cohort basis because uh, babies are born every single day. (laughs) Um, So what we recommend is um, the program has eight, it has three components, but one of the components is an online, um, portal. So we have eight modules that essentially take you from the moment, you know, you're expecting a baby Mm -hmm. all the way up until work. So we created a comprehensive program that covers all the transitions of mother early motherhood. And that begins before that baby arrives. So, you know, planning for child care before that baby comes mm-hmm. not six months in when you're like okay i gotta go back to work i need to figure out what, what i'm going to do course. for child care. um you know managing sickness while working understanding maternal bias maternal discrimination um that we're you know having a baby budget like all the things that you need to prepare yourself to transition to maternity leave um, and then we, you know, we have self-compassion, the fourth trimester, um, the identity shift, and we mm-hmm. we built this framework for Matern based on, you know, our collective experiences, in addition to surveys, one-on-one interviews, focus groups, to really make sure that this is this resonates and that this is what uh, the universal experience of motherhood is all about. These are all the transitions. We wanted to cover that ground. And it doesn't matter if you're, you know, an executive assistant, a coordinator, or a vice president at an organization. The transitions and challenges that you go through during that, you know, maternity leave, however long you take, are all universal, Mm -hmm. right? And so um, that is kind of how the the framework of it works, the, the program. Um, and then we have live calls. We have two live calls per month hmm. um, to really bring mothers community. together. Yeah, community. And then we have a um, community platform as well. So think of like a private Facebook group, right? Um, but just for matern members. But and it's not on Facebook. Right, right. <laughs> it's not on Facebook, but <laughs> just picture it like that. Um, and so that's where you know mothers can really connect with one another because one of the most used words. Um, in our survey earlier this year was isolation. Mm, Especially this year. Yeah. Yeah. Kept coming up in almost every single answer when describing their maternity, women describe their maternity leave, isolation. And so wouldn't it be great to build Mm -hmm. the opposite, right? Mm -hmm. Community and connection. Yeah. And I
2: think like just playing off of that too, right? You can be surrounded by people and still feel isolated. and
0: 100%.
2: And, and a big part of this was inspired by, you know, I live in a wonderful little community and I would, you know, when I was on my first maternity leave, I, I really struggled and I would take my daughter to, you know, some of the activities that were available to me and all the mothers that I connected with were like, isn't maternity leave amazing? Don't you just love it? Don't you never want to go back to your job? Right. Right and i was like um i really like my job and it fulfills me in a different way and i don't really like maternity leave but i never felt um i never felt the ability to say that yeah. and so what i did is i internalized that and i actually mm-hmm. felt a lot of shame and guilt totally and it would have been really helpful to have a community of women that could have normalized that experience for me that could have mm-hmm. said oh yeah me too jen oh gosh i love putting a nice, you know, skirt on and going for Starbucks <laughs> or having a lunch out or whatever. And obviously our workplaces have changed a lot due to mm-hmm. the pandemic. Um, but I felt really isolated, even though I was trying a lot to connect with other women, I wasn't connecting on the way that felt supportive for me.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: so that's why it's, you know, one of our primary focuses with Matern
0: is to build community with women. I love that. I find like it's fine for those new mommy groups and all of those things. But if you're not encountering people that are kind of reflecting or mirroring your experience back to you, it does feel really lonely. Absolutely. That's part of why I share all the things I share, like way too much information for most, but I want somebody to connect with the fact that somebody's having an experience, you know, it's, it's so easy to feel isolated. So, okay is the messaging in Matern primarily for the mother? Because when you were saying a few of those things about the transition pieces that the mom should be prepared for and all of those pieces, I'm thinking, wow, my organization could really benefit from understanding those transitions and actually being aware of the maternal bias and all those things, right? So are you, do you have sort of a training platform
1: for the organizations that partner with you?
0: or is that coming or?
1: (laughs) We do actually, yeah. So we, um, sorry, if there's a delay, Jen and I are looking at it, (laughs) who wants to answer? Um, Yes, we actually have, um, because of that exactly, the onus should just be on mothers to sort out. Um, People, leaders and organizations need support as well as to how to navigate the maternity leave journey before, during and after. Um, and so, yeah, we've developed a maternal management workshop for people leaders Great. to really support uh, people in understanding maternal bias, understanding the lived experiences of those who are expecting, um, and to try and, you know, talk about like, we do scenarios, like what to say, what not to say. So like when someone announces their pregnancy, don't say, I knew it, you've been wearing that scarf over, like, no. (laughs) Right. 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 Or, you know, gosh, how am I going to fill your position now? Putting the onus on the other person. Right, Right. Building compassion and empathy and understanding around what, how the motherhood penalty plays out in the workplace? Yeah, not bringing in guilt for the new mother. Exactly, yeah. and how to transition them back? So, like maybe during their first month back, scheduling eight thirty calls or meetings is not really doable when mm-hmm. that baby is being pried off of the mother who is trying to get herself back to work and you know, in a timely manner. And to that point,
0: I would say for a lot of organizations,
1: mine included,
0: you know, even just thinking about mothers with school age kids, I'm just going to take it there for a second, because there are a lot of meetings that get scheduled at 8am for like the entire management or something. And it's like, do you realize there are parents in this organization that are trying to get their kids to school? And this is yeah. the worst possible, especially for those. Cause we do, they do allow sort of a bit of a flexible start. So it's like, if you're typically starting at nine 30, because you need to get your kids to school and get them, you know, that's your system. Yeah. And then all of a sudden there's an 8am meeting. It's not factoring in the needs of the parent employees. That's right. Not. Yeah. yeah
2: sorry, the way our organizations and systems have been set up, haven't necessarily been set up with the parent in mind or the mother in mind. And so I think that's part of the reason why we're seeing this great resignation uh, is because I think the last two years have taught us that, oh, whoa, I can actually do a really good job at my job and have flexibility. And organizations that are Uh, you know, aren't open to that, I think Mm -hmm. are going to lose a lot of talent. And they're specifically going to lose a lot of women, uh, you know, because women still own 75% uh, of the domestic and caregiving responsibilities, even though we're obviously trying to shift that. And that's actually a big part of the program as well. Our whole module five is based on an equitable partnership plan. Mm. So if you are in a partnership and having a child, we talk about things like maternal gatekeeping, strategic incompetence, uh, resentment. What mm-hmm. does an equitable partnership plan look like in your home? This is yeah. This is what you need to discuss now, not when your kids are at school and their activities have started and you know, because the foundation starts on the maternity leave, because what Mm -hmm. we see uh, what happens for a lot of women is that when they are home with a baby, they are doing the majority of the domestic and caregiving responsibilities. And then they don't even have a discussion about what that looks like when they return to work and they continue to hold that. And then what happens is you start to see women burning out because they're holding so much. So, In module five, we specifically prep on designing what an equitable partnership plan means in your home. And listen, part of this, we know our gender norms and the patriarchy But part of it is also co-created. And I can Mm -hmm. say that as a formal maternal gatekeeper myself, that high achieving nature in me really came out a lot when I had a baby and it was hard for me to release the control and to hand things over and to not take the baby away and say, that's not the way she wants to be rocked. Like, you don't know, let me do it. And what that does is that, um, you know, limits the competence and the confidence in your partner to be able to care for the baby themselves. And then you slowly start to overfunction and they might start to underfunction. This is when the dynamic starts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we really wanted to focus on that too <laughs> with yeah. the
0: Well, and having what from that moment you know you're pregnant, having those conversations with your partner to say, this is my intention for how our family will operate you know even being able to have those conversations that early and just making sure you're on the same page right or can work through whatever your page needs to look
1: like and then obviously
0: as the baby arrives things shift and all of those pieces but yeah that's huge I I'm we had those conversations here we were on the same page in our family and it it has worked and it's you know, he takes on a lot, uh, a lot, um, because I was working out of the home and he was working in the home and in a very flexible schedule. Right. So, um, it almost went the other way for us, uh, mm-hmm. where I was feeling left out and, you know, FOMO and all of those things when I would get home at six 30 or seven o'clock at night. So those conversations are huge, huge to the success of the family. I'm so glad that's in there. That's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, and a ahead. lot of
2: a lot of people aren't having them or they don't know yeah. how to have them. So this at least provides the framework Good. for
1: how to have those conversations. And I think a lot of it is because you don't know what you don't know, right? Like it's hard to anticipate challenges, right? Whether that's to maternity leave or returning back to work with a child. Like it's, you know, you hear about it, but to actually have a support system and resources around you that like, you know, lays out what those challenges actually look like. Like, what does the transition back to work? Well, how can that look? What are some of the challenges that you might anticipate? Right? Like Mm -hmm. I had no clue. I went back just like, holy, like what is happening? And who am I? Am I doing the right thing? you know, am I making, making a mistake? What's best for my child? What's best for me? What's like, it was just like all the things swirling in your head. And it's, it's, there's a lot of transitions. And I find, you know, when I think about maternity leave, there's so much push and pull, you know, like when I went, when I think about my first maternity leave, when I first went off, I remember I had like, I took a week before (laughs) my daughter arrived and I was like, uncomfortable. Like what, like, okay, now what? Like I, I, I was, I was always busy, you know, doing mm-hmm. things. and then she arrived and, you know, thick of, you know, was in the thick of postpartum for the first six to eight, whatever, eight weeks. And then I remember when I visited the office and my team around eight, at the, around the eight week mark and driving home, I called my husband and I was like, I can't do a year. Like oh. I, I need you to split this with me. I want to go back sooner. Like I really miss that environment. I miss the challenges. I miss, I miss it all. Like I can't stay at home. And, and then I, you know, he was like, okay, Sonia, look, take your time. Let's just see. It's early days. And then I remember, you know, on the flip side going back, I was like, can I go back? Right. You know, like I had just like really gotten into this groove with my daughter and then it's like okay now it's she's one you got to go back and like oh like just my heart being ripped out so it's like oh it's so much push and pull that I just yeah like I wish I had more support for it It was a really tough time yeah Yeah.
0: absolutely and guidance yeah I mean Mm -hmm. because you leave an environment where I mean, ideally you are feeling valued and respected and, you know, appreciated for what you bring. And then you're thrown into this thing, especially as a new mom, where you have never done this before. You're a newbie, right? Like you're right back at the beginning and you actually have to figure it out. So you want to go back where you're
1: feeling recognized and appreciated. Totally. And, you know. Yeah. Well, like and some, I think like for- someone to talk to, right? Like, yeah issues I want to solve some like issues and and problems here like that's what I do right
2: so much of our value and our worth I think up until that point comes from our careers Mm -hmm. and the thing is uh women are having children a lot later now Mm -hmm. you know the average age is 30 in BC and it's 29 in the rest of Canada and that's changed significantly in the last 20 years and by the time you're 30 you kind of have a pretty good sense of who you are who you think you are and where your self-worth is being derived from and motherhood can be (laughs) a big change you know because all of a sudden I remember feeling like god I'm just a mom like I'm a milk machine I'm a there's no sense of like I didn't have the worth or the value derived from that and that was a big Uh, you know, that was a big awakening for me as well. Oh, too much of my self-worth and my value and my identity is coming from my career. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now I need to look at that as well. You know? So uh, I think sometimes like Sonia said, for first time moms, you don't really know. So I think, you know, that's the that's, I think the one challenge we'll have with matern is that women that are expecting a child might say, I think I'll be fine. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and then we might get the, you know, sign-ups at three months and being like, okay, <laughs> never mind. I, mm-hmm. I, I definitely need the support because you're right. You don't know what you don't know until you've been through it. And then realize, I mean, the number one thing we've heard from mothers is like, God, I wish this was available when I was going through maternity. 100%. It would have helped me so much. So we know better. We need to, you know, do better.
0: I, it's interesting, um, by the time this airs, I know I can say this publicly, but somebody on my team is actually expecting. It's wonderful news. I'm so excited. Uh, and she has had a difficult three months. And so um, I've and I think the, the benefit to working from home still has been that freedom and flexibility. I can't imagine how she would have felt with that expectation of coming into the office every day and that, prior to a global pandemic would have been the expectation. It's taken a lot for our organization to consider a work from home program of some sort. Um, But I've had the freedom also to just say, do what you need to do, take the time. Like they, like, you know, if you aren't feeling it, it's okay, let us know what you need covered, right? But I think a manager who hasn't been through it, hasn't been a mom, hasn't, you know, seen that, might not have that same. And I'm not like, look at me. I'm so understanding, but I just like, (laughs) but you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, Oh my God, take it. And she's like, well, I just need to get to that 12 week mark and then it'll be fine. I'll start to feel better. And I was like, yeah, okay. Like you don't know what you don't know. Right. So it's just like, I think almost like a mom mentor, you know, Mm -hmm. like having those mentors so that the people that have gone before can say like, yeah, it's totally okay. Like you do what you need to do, and your feelings may shift, and we're gonna be fine. We'll figure it out, right?
2: Well, I think all moms have those kind of horror stories about you know what they had to do in the workplace. I mean, I was at my nine months mark, and <clears throat> I was sick through my entire pregnancy. Oh man! And it got to the point where I was so big, and there was so much. Uh, pressure on my bladder that one time at work, I started vomiting. And then I peed all over the floor
0: oh, in no. a
2: shared bathroom. Oh, and, I, and I was like, it up with toilet paper. And I think there was someone in the stall next to me. And uh, I had to like, go back into the office, soiled, right. and being, like, I need to go home.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like,
2: I can't, or like how many times in the first trimester I vomited and then had to go back in and present in front of a board meeting, like right. the things that women go through in the workplace throughout pregnancy and, and yeah. not to mention all of the challenges that, you know, women face around even infertility and miscarriage and like to be able to bring our full selves to work while transitioning through that. That's why we feel so strongly about this program as a support in the lead up to the transition as well. Because I think most women as well, just, you know, they come into their employers and they're like, sorry, I'm Mm -hmm. pregnant. I know the
0: timing's not ideal. And it should be such (laughs) a joyful time, right? Like you shouldn't have that dread of telling your employer, oh my God, I feel so guilty because I'm going to be leaving or, you know, oh. Sorry, I'm growing the population
2: and our economy. Yeah. <laughs> like, we like, don't need to apologize for, no. for, you know. And so, you know, we really help prepare women for that transition so they can feel empowered about what their leave looks like.
0: Good.
1: You know, Good. Uh, and their, their own decision-making process. And I want to just, like, also just say that we have over 30 guest experts as part of um our modules, um, awesome. and they're all, like, incredibly impressive human beings. And and they're all um, featured on our website too, if anyone is interested in in taking a peek. But I remember right after the birth of my first thinking, calling a few of my girlfriends who had had kids. And I said, why didn't you tell me? Like, this is crazy. Like, like those first six to eight weeks were like, honestly I was just a shell like I I don't even remember that part it's such a blur yeah and I, and I said why didn't you guys tell me about this this part and they're like because we don't want to scare you
0: oh but then it's and so much worse when you don't
1: know exactly. right yeah and so then like when Jen and I started building I'm like we need to normalize this yes like, all mothers yes. go through this like why are we hiding why are mm-hmm. why are we glorifying the pregnancy and having these beautiful baby showers yet we're not being like we're not being prepared for what actually happens when that child arrives mm-hmm. and how that impacts your life your body your mm-hmm. emotions your hormones everything. Well, you might feel like
0: there's something wrong with you. If you haven't heard about it, I mean, in a very basic, and I'm sure my listeners have heard me tell the story before, but, um, and if you've read the chapter that I wrote in the book (laughs) earlier this year, you will know, but even something as simple as, um, during labor pooping on the table, I did not know that that was common. And I thought there was something wrong with me because I had so much pain. And then that happened. And I was shame. Like I felt shame. I felt, you know, That's a very small part compared to the eight to however many weeks you might be experiencing troubles afterwards. Right. But I tell everybody (laughs) because I want people to know that it's normal. I want people to know that you're going to have this, or you may have this anxiety afterwards where you don't want to lose sight of your child. You may have any of these feelings and they're all normal and we should all be talking about them so that you're not scared by them after it's actually way scarier to be in it. Than to be told ahead of time, hey, this might happen for you, and it's okay. Totally.
1: Oh, I'm so glad you guys. And did that's this. why, like, module two, the fourth trimester, we have, you know, reproductive mental health experts talking Good. about postpartum mm-hmm. depression, baby blues, postpartum anxiety, and how that comes up, right? And and what are some tools and strategies to meet them, mm-hmm. right? Those those emotions and and, well, thoughts. and most
2: especially like the warning signs, like when you need help. Yeah, when you need more help. So
1: yeah, absolutely. Oh, this is
0: hugely important work. So so is there a can you share like a a future plan? Like what does Matern look like five years from now? Is it something that the government is sharing as soon as somebody says they're going, you know, I guess at that point it's just EI right now, right? For us. But what Mm -hmm. is that future plan?
2: Well, we we we're a huge fan of big hairy audacious goals. Uh, and we have a big vision for maternity, nice. and we think that it will continue to evolve. I mean, in an ideal world, in 2022, we'd love to have a thousand women in the program. So great, you know, there's over 375,000 uh, maternity leaves each year on average in Canada, and so that's you know that's, that's I think doable, very doable. Uh, you know, we want organizations to understand the value in investing in mothers Mm -hmm. Um, and we believe this can be a concrete tool for organizations to advance inclusive uh, and equitable workplaces and i know Mm -hmm. a lot of organizations are looking for that so you know we we want to partner with some of the most progressive organizations uh, in Canada and potentially globally. Uh, some of the companies we're already working with are global in nature. And uh, we're also interested in developing a program for other markets. So in the in the United States. Specifically. Well, I was going to ask
0: about the United States yeah. and what's going on right now about this whole paid leave conversation, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's such a challenge in the United States for mothers. Uh, Do you know, I I heard this the other day, do you know that you can, it's illegal to take away a puppy from Mm -hmm. its mother um before eight weeks yeah in the united states but it's not to take a baby away from its mother exactly
0: so so
1: it's exactly better to be right. a dog in the u.s yeah, than it's to be disgusting
0: like it's yeah. i can't even and i mean half my audience is the u.s and i feel yeah. so much for those mothers that are just forced back and also i believe maybe this has changed but it's called it's what is it called? It's not maternity leave. It's like, you have to take sick leave or you, it's, it's disability, um, disability, disability, right? Like it's not a disability to become a mother. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Ooh, yeah. That, that's, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we might have to have a sec- second episode for that one. Cause that's yeah. just, yeah. I'm glad yeah. you guys are thinking potentially of doing something there as well. Cause those mamas need support. Holy cow. Mm-hmm. I mean, could um, a mom in the U S sign up Now, you know, because she's still going to go through those same transitions in a much more truncated uh, timeline, but also just having that support and that awareness of what's coming would be so helpful for anywhere you live. Right.
2: Yeah there's God. very little in the program that's specifically Canadian content like we don't okay. get into the ins and outs of the maternity leave process right. we leave that up to people to figure out with their HR lead mm-hmm. or you know on their own if they're an entrepreneur or with their organization so there is not anything specific that's Canadian content uh, mm-hmm. in fact a lot of our speakers are from the U.S. Our guest okay. speakers are from the U.S. So it's just the maternity leave process Is Obviously, women on average take about 12 months in Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, some take less, some take more. Uh, and so the program is really, it can be taken at a, a pace that works for, we have recommended timelines. Mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. You know, this is about four to six weeks post-birth, six months post-birth. Uh, whether that's, you know, the birth of a child through a surrogacy or coming through an adoption or through the mother uh, themselves. Um, But, you know, it's really up to the mother in terms of like the pace that works for them. And some Mm -hmm. women might sign up for the program and say, you know what, I just want to do the calls. Right, (laughs) right. I'll, I'll dabble in the online content, but the calls are what's really important to me and the online community. And some might love the resources. I mean, we certainly love them. Uh, in the online learning portion, and might not want to do the the calls. So we've really deliberately created a hybrid model, because, you know, we remember what that time was like. Uh, And Mm -hmm. uh, it's busy, (laughs) and it's full. And so we wanted to do something that was very doable from a timeline perspective. Awesome.
0: Now, what do you have guidance for those um, expectant mothers, let's say, I think that's probably or potentially the mothers that are returning to work for when their organization is not supportive in the way that they would hope it would be um, in the lead up or in their return to work. Do you mean like like if if we have like a transition plan? Well, so I'm just thinking, I mean, I know how I am as a manager, but I know that there might be some bosses out there and some organizations, because sometimes it's top down that don't embrace the motherhood experience in the same way they think only about the impact of the organization and, um, aren't as supportive about maybe flexible schedules that might be needed upon return to work or those sick days, because you have such terrible, you know, morning sickness or whatever it might be, um, or daytime sickness, whatever you'd call it the entire time sickness. Um, so do you have sort of guidance and support for those moms that are facing that?
1: In the Jen yeah. <laughs> and I, are- all right,
2: we both were going to talk at the same time. Yeah, soon, yeah, it's so.
1: great. <laughs> okay, um, in the in our ninety day work plan that mm. um participants um will develop and, and fill out, we have a template that they can make their own. Um, starting in module six, as they start to think about um their return back to work, mm-hmm. um, how, start, you know shifting that mental energy towards what that return will look like as part of that plan, we do encourage, uh, strongly recommend to reach out ahead of time Mm -hmm. to talk about the, um, your needs, your requests, Mm -hmm. right? Like, what does, what will your day-to-day look like? You know, if your child's daycare opens at 8 a.m. and closes at 5, how does that look like in your everyday Mm workday, right? What time do you, can you start work, like, realistically? If, let's say, Your partner is a shift worker and you are doing drop off and pick up on your own, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's, we really recommend um, communicating that early on Mm -hmm. and making those requests. Yes, they might not be um, granted, but it's important to know what your needs are and see whether your organization is open to um, accommodating you.
2: Yeah, and we, you know, certainly that the, the whole impetus too for the live calls is for us to be um, responsive to the needs of the community. Mm-hmm. So we have guest expert speakers. So, you know, if we find from the community at some point, like they really want to us to bring someone in to do like a session, a workshop facilitation session on like, how do you, you know, sometimes it's hard to make the asks. Not everyone has, especially your confidence can often mm-hmm. plummet on maternity leave having that confidence to like make the requests of what you want can also be really challenging. So how do we support women through that? Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the things we are looking at as well is adding um, some one-on-one coaching to matern so that if there's individual women that could, you know, benefit from doing, you know, one to three or one to six additional one-to-one coaching sessions, that can be an additional offering for them to work with someone Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. be able to work through, you know, how to have that conversation and then what are the decisions you want to make as a result of where that conversation goes because I think that's why we're seeing a lot of organizations lose talent is because they're being inflexible absolutely Um, and so that's up you know to the individual woman to assess whether is this core to my values does this feel really important to me what Mm -hmm. what am I willing to negotiate what am I not willing to negotiate and an individual woman gets to make that decision for herself
0: and sometimes as a new mommy, you're not, you're not even sure at that point, right? What am I willing to negotiate? Because you haven't fully cast that vision for your family, because that can come over five years, right? So it's Mm -hmm. sometimes on that second
1: child, you're like, no, this is where I'm unwilling to bend. Right. This is Mm -hmm. where I'm yeah, absolutely. And I guess go ahead. I was just going to add that, you know, if your child is going to daycare. I don't think you understand how much they get sick in those yeah. first few months. Yeah. So not, are, not only are you transitioning, this child is also trying to transition to this new place where there's a lot of germs. Yeah. And, and you're not I allowed mean, to go with sniffles right now, especially right now. I mean, it's a, it's a totally different game than it was a few years ago. So yeah, that has a huge impact on the mother's ability to f- be able to fully transition back. And so yeah, having those conversations are critical to mm-hmm. the success of that transition.
0: Yeah. I guess the goal, It. I mean, I don't want to speak for you guys, but I could see it being the best case scenario is if all the organizations get on board and they introduce this program to the new mothers like or to the staff. And then as new mothers, are going to announce they already know the program's in place, they know that their organization is going to pay for it, like all of those pieces, mm-hmm. so that it's embedded in that organization's culture. That's sort of mm-hmm. the goal, right? Like, at least yeah. I, as a mom, that I would say that would be the goal for sure.
2: Yeah, we're really trying to flip the motherhood penalty on its head to create the motherhood opportunity.
0: I love that. Okay, so that brings me to the question, there is, I assume, some sort of cost to participate? Otherwise, how are you guys ever going <laughs> to sustain yourself there is. okay yeah. so and then is there a cost for an organization like can the organization come on and basically cover that cost for their employees like per year or what does that look like
2: yeah so some organizations we're speaking to they kind of know on average how many women go on maternity leave so mm-hmm. they're prepaying for a certain amount of spots some of them are saying you know we're going to offer this as a benefit and we'll pay as we go uh, so it really depends on the organization. Individually, mm-hmm. women can also self-fund, but we would always, I mean, I'm always a firm believer if you don't ask, you don't get. And Absolutely. so some organizations, you know, uh, provide professional development stipends. And mm-hmm. this is this is really a coaching program. Uh, and so, you know, a woman could ap- approach her employer saying, I want to take this. This feels important to me. Will you cover it? Uh, will you cover a portion of it? Right. And I could self-fund some of it. So there's lots of different ways that you can figure out a model. That works for you. We also have payment plans as well. Uh, we want to make it as accessible to women as possible.
0: Amazing. I love it. Okay, there are a few questions that I ask towards the end of the episode of all my guests. So before I do that, I just wanted to ask is there anything else about Matern that you want to share? Like, I, I want to make sure we capture all of the amazingness. I don't want to miss anything.
1: I think we talked about it all. (laughs) I can't think of, I mean, there's obviously a lot, but. um, Yeah, I think if women are considering
2: it as well, you know, mm -hmm. they can book a call with Sonia and I to discuss more, to assess whether it's the right fit for them. We also have, on our website, if you are expecting a baby, we have a, a free uh, guide, a template for your transition plan that can help you, uh, you know, go to your employer and say, "Hey, here's my transition plan. Here's what a, you know, it's a communication plan. It's a, you know, checklist for all the things while you're transitioning." So there's a ton of great support there, and it's a free download right on our homepage. Uh, nice. And we would just encourage people to reach out to us
0: on social media or at info at matern.com. Perfect. Well, I, of course, we'll put all that in the show notes and I'll ask you again at the end, you know, give us all the deets. But yeah, I just wanted to make sure that we would got everything because it's such a huge topic. You guys have done an incredible job of laying the groundwork for this program to give moms the support they need. So I'm just so amazed and inspired by both of you and and so grateful for future moms for for what you will provide for them. It's just amazing. Um okay. So now I ask some questions and uh so just take turns in how you answer. Um how do you or do you define balance for yourself and your family?
2: Uh well I hate that word.
0: Yeah, fair enough. That's why I, I think before we started I called it the B word. So Yeah. <laughs>
2: So uh, to me, it's about work-life integration. You know, Mm -hmm. how does my work integrate with my life? I think balance kind of pits one against the other. Yeah. Uh, And they both need to be in some sort of synchronicity. And I think when I look at that word, I just look at, uh, you know, flexibility uh, Mm -hmm. in terms of some weeks feel really heavy work-wise and feel a little bit lighter on the mothering side. And some weeks my kids get a lot of extra parts of me and I'm not as, you know, focused, not as focused, but you know, it's not as an intense week at work. So it's all about flux and, uh, you know, I inject a lot of self-compassion and I don't have really strict, uh, you know, framework on what balance looks like. It's all about actually how I feel. Yeah. And I, and I know when I'm off. So it's like, how do I get myself back up closer to being above the line? Like what do, what's Mm -hmm. one thing today that could change
1: everything? So. Love it. Love it. I mean, I, yeah, all of that I'd add, like just giving yourself grace every day, right. Mm -hmm. Every day is different is what I have learned in you know, my experience um, as a mother. And I think you just have to be open and flexible as Jen said to what the day will hold and honor whatever it is that you need that day, because it will change and vary each day.
0: So good. Two awesome
1: answers. Thank you.
0: I love it. Okay. So this, this actually goes on very well from that, because I think what you describe, Sonia is inherently self-care. So I believe you do make time for self-care. What would you specifically say is self-care for you? Um,
2: I mean, I used to take the approach that, you know, self-care had a very singular view for me early on. It was like right. about bubble baths or right. like going for a walk. <laughs> now my my view around self-care has greatly expanded. So self-care yes. is being open to receiving support.
0: Mm. Self-care
2: is saying no. Self-care is setting boundaries. Uh, self-care is often for me about sweat. Yeah. Self-care is something that I prioritize every day. It's not like another thing I need to do.
0: Yeah. It's not another to-do list item. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Self-care is self-compassion. It's the way I speak to myself. Mm -hmm. And so I have really expanded my view in terms of what that means uh, to me. And I think that, um, you know, the story, the narrative that used to run through my head all the time was there's not enough time. There's not enough time. I don't Mm -hmm. have enough time. And now it's, I always have enough time to prioritize my needs. I always have enough. And I really say that because I love and value myself, I'm, I'm going to do that thing. Or because I love and value myself, I'm going to talk to myself differently this time. So I think self-care is about how can you be in a radically new relationship with yourself?
1: Beautiful.
0: Beautiful.
1: Love, love it, Jen. Love yeah. it. I, it's echoing in my heart right now. Um, yeah, I would say, you know, I'm I'm learning each day what self-care looks like and feels like and you know, having um been in you know, leadership positions and always wanting to do 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 and have results results results. Um it has been um you know, a bit of a uh not a pause, but it's I've 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 had to like pause for a second and be like what do I need right like what do I need to honor myself and to take Mm -hmm. care of myself because the season I'm in right now with two kids under five um, it's an intense season (laughs) and it can easily mean that it's all about them and not about you yeah and so I have found that I need to be very intentional about it. And for me, it's like small things like, you know, holding boundaries, what Jen said, right? And, and, and honoring them and not feeling guilty about having them. So, you know, if you have dinner plans, this is like a concrete example from this week. I was supposed to go out for dinner with some girlfriends and, um, you know, some things unfolded during, throughout the day. And I was like, nope. I, I can't do that right now. I can't go out for dinner and be social. And like what I need tonight is actually to have like some quiet time with myself mm-hmm. and go to bed early. Like, and as much as I was like, oh, I haven't seen these people in like two years, you know, da-da-da-da-da. All the things, you know, as to why I should be there. And I was like, but mm. no, right now I actually just need to take a step back and be home and alone and go to bed early.
0: Yeah. And we should normalize the ability to say so, right? Totally. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: I love it. So good. All right. What is the biggest lesson you have learned as a mom? Mm, wow. <laughs> That's a big question. A big question. I know. It really is. It really is. I want kind of to top it my, all off.
2: My kids are nine and 12. So I have had many lessons as a mom. Um, I think my biggest lesson as a mom is, yeah, it's just kind of to continue to model um, different behavior that was modeled to me mm. that I really want to uh, my children to see in here, because it's not necessarily what you say, it's what they see you doing.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, and my, my daughter coaches me now. Because sometimes, sometimes we forget and we get pulled back into old habits. And she was like, mom, you're not being very kind to yourself right now. The words oh, that I'm hearing babe. you say, they're just not true. And she said to me the other day, mom, what's the story you're creating? Amazing! <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, so, I think the biggest lesson in motherhood is like, yeah, you need to model, really mo- embody mm-hmm. what you hope your children um, will embody themselves. And that's a lot of cutting of like generational
1: ties. Because I
2: think for me, my parents are older. My mom's 79, my dad's 85. And that model of parenting, you know, was what they knew. Um, but it wasn't the kind of modeling that I would want for my children. Mm-hmm. So it's about cutting that generational cord. And i really learned that in motherhood saying, I'm not taking forward any of that stuff. You can keep the martyrdom. You can keep the shame parenting, you, can, right. you know, you can take all that stuff. And I'm,
1: this is a new model of, uh, of motherhood and parenting. Amazing. Yeah. So good. Amazing. Um, gosh, I don't, I have so many things I have learned and am learning. Um, But I think uh, two things, one is letting go, right? Like letting go of a specific outcome that you have created in your head that actually, like when you break it down, like why am I so attached to this particular outcome when, you know, it's actually, it feels so much better when you just let go of those expectations mm-hmm. and let things unfold as they should. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I learned that very early on and not necessarily by choice, but eventually I had to let that in, in order to let go so that I could be present and I could be, um, more, there for my my children and not be stuck here when I'm supposed to actually be over there right right? um and so and then the second thing that I would say is like asking for help
0: Mm -hmm. is
1: not a sign of weakness and I that took me a long time I would say it took me probably until my second to ask for help Um, even if that means you know Calling a couple of people and inconveniencing those, I say that quote unquote, right? So that you can take, you know, whatever it is that you need. Fill in the blank. You want to go for a walk, you want to take a hot shower, you want to read a book, you want to go for a workout class, whatever it is, like ask for help because that will allow you to be the best version of you. Um, that will serve everyone, not just yourself, but your family, your community, everyone. Yes.
0: Yes. If this was a video, I'd be like doing praise hands and like, that's absolutely (laughs) so good. Okay. Amazing. How can our listeners connect with you with Matern? Sign up if there are some new moms listening, like tell all their new mom friends,
1: where do they go? Matern.com is our website. There's tons of information on there, including, you know, how the program works, the overview, um, of each module is included there as well. Our guest experts, um, and then you can not enroll through our website, um, or if you have questions, you can email us at info@matern.com. Um, and like Jen said, we're on Instagram, Matern Canada. We're on Facebook, LinkedIn. So. We're pretty active so many ways to reach us and yeah as john said also you can you can book a call to learn a bit more as well perfect perfect
0: wow. oh wow. so good you guys i am so thrilled to be connected to both of you to know what you're creating and the impact it's gonna have for years to come for society in general is it too big to say that it is actually going to have that impact on society that is incredible what you have chosen to take on and just do for women in the
1: community it's just thank you thank Thank you you. thank you for providing this platform for us to be able to share more about our why and and how matern was born Yeah. yeah thank you so much for being here it's been great Thank you.
0: All right, mamas, that's it for today. For more info about this episode, you can check out the show notes at momcamplife.comslash podcast. Hang out with us on Instagram at momcamplife. And if you love this episode, please share it with your friends. Thank you so much for tuning in and join us next time around the campfire.